0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling
0: and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now.
1: What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with season three, episode forty-four, as the roller coaster ride of emotions continues as the New York Rangers seasons progress. And uh, Andy, I, I, I know, I know we talk about this almost weekly and almost well bi-weekly now because there's two podcasts a week. The New York Rangers have to make a trade. But then they come out and they play maybe one of the more exciting games I've seen them play in a while. So I don't know what I don't know what to think anymore, Andy. I throw up my hands. I don't know what to think about this team. So I'm just going to start the podcast off with Andy. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I think I'm just as confused as you are. Well, uh, maybe not confused is the right word. I do think they still require some of the, the same upgrades we've been talking about ad nauseam for the last few weeks, but it is nice to see uh, based on when after two stinkers of a game, they're able to salvage the road trip, pick up book, end it with two points. Yeah. And take four, uh, four points and four games. Uh, you, you hope, for, you hope for more from that, but and honestly, an even split on their on a four game road swing, it is what it is. So you just, you take the points and you, you just make your way home because luckily for them, I th- believe that they're predominantly at home for the rest of the season. They got up most of their road, trips out of the way and they're in the spot they're in. So that's good. But um, yeah, this is, we our goaltending performances came back to earth. They had some horror show <laughs> performances <laughs> defensively, even in last night. But um, I think the good news is for once this season, they got a win and
1: it wasn't because of goaltending. So that's a positive. I mean, well, let's talk about the, I mean, we went from back to back to the sky is falling against the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. And then all of a sudden, the sky was continuing to fall against the Dallas Stars. And we fall down to nothing in the first five minutes. And you just thought, what is happening to this hockey team? Like, where did the New York Rangers go? I mean, There were only a few games ago. Did you feel real confident in a big win against the, you know, the Blues? They took care of business against the Devils. Then they went on the road and beat a feisty, you know, Winnipeg Jet team convincingly. And then, all right, they laid an egg against, uh, you know, Minnesota. Not, not a big deal. And then, you know, it just felt like the chains came off against, you know, the St. Louis Blues. And then all of a sudden, in the first five minutes, you're down 2-0 against the Dallas Stars on the end of a road trip. And I just felt like, I was like, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. like. I don't even know if trading at this point is even worth it. It's like let's just be sellers and get rid of everybody and blow this whole thing up. I mean, that's just the, you know, the the emotional Rangers fan in me was thinking when we fall down to nothing. So, you know, Andy, I did the logical thing. I got up, I went to the beer fridge and I got myself a gingling. Uh and then I went to the kitchen and I got myself a snack. And I come back and the game is 2-2. I'm like, "What in the world just happened. I needed a mental break. I got it. Um, I checked the expiration date on the yingling. It was, it was fine. I wasn't seeing anything crazy. So, you know, I I sat back down and all of a sudden it just felt like the New York Rangers were back and I was back and everything was normal again. And I I know I can't, you know, drink the Kool-Aid of the, you know, the rest of that Dallas game, but you know, it, it did bring back the feelings of the old Rangers, the Rangers of a week ago. And I I don't know. I I just felt like, although the Rangers, you know, got off to a slow start that game, the, you, you hit the nail right on the head when you texted me, the effort is there. And that's all I needed to see. And you knew the Rangers, they had this swagger to them that they were going to battle back. And it's funny because, um, you know, I thought Keandre Miller at the time scored the first goal. Uh, He ended up not scoring the first goal. Uh, Greg McKegg ended up taking that away from him. But, um, you know, I I just saw in Miller's eyes and you just see the rest of the team that there there was no, the bullshit was done. You know, they fell behind. They put, you know, Igor in a bad spot. Uh, They knew they didn't deserve to be in that spot. You know, it just, they were caught off guard. And I just saw the look in Miller's eyes after that goal was scored. And I was like, you know what? That is a sign of a team that's like, they're now playing for themselves at that point. And that's exactly what you need, you know, um, just, you know, watching the highlights of the first two goals of the Rangers, you, you just saw a team not getting phased, knowing that if they can get out of this with hard work, effort, throwing pucks on net and, you know, good things happen. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, you know, Andy, I, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game in entirety, but, you know, what were your thoughts, you know, throughout that game? Yeah, I got to watch all of it and um
0: much like you like you I went through that roller coaster. I liked their effort when they came out. I thought they had some jump in their game in the legs, but you could just tell it was more of a nervous jump like we can't afford to have a bad start. And I think when you play with you know, with when you play a high-energy game but without confidence, uh usually you kind of put some pressure on the other team, but you grip the stick a little too hard. You shank some shots and then you're going to give, I I always feel like those teams always give up one going back the other way just because the other team is a little bit more poised and calm than you are. And that's basically what happened. I mean, the first goal, I don't even know what to say about that. I don't think Igor just thought he was in a position to even put it there because it it was pinpoint accuracy. I, I don't even, it's like Igor was on his post. I don't even know. Can you really blame that on him? I mean, you don't want to give it up, obviously. I, I guess you want to have your head over, but like that's a that's a one in a million type of backhand, right? That's a Pat kane s goal. You yeah. certainly
1: just don't expect it. it yeah. yeah. And a, he was absolutely. on. like you
0: said, it's not like it was through his body. It was literally he was his body was in the post and his head was almost there. It was just through the between the, the space between the goalie helmet, you know, his uh, his face mask and, and his shoulder pads. You know what I mean? Just that little it was perfectly placed. So. You know, just, it was what it was. And then, uh, I'm trying to think this was the second goal, a tip or no, I can't remember.
1: Uh, it. I just remember it was Sagan. Oh no, it
0: was. Yeah. I think it was like a nice, you know, nice little passing play or something, but you know, maybe the second one you could say you want to back, but you're like, okay, Igor's clearly regressing a bit here. And you could see it in his face that like he, it, he's, a, he knows that right now he's in a mental funk. Even though it's like sometimes it's not necessarily, I don't know if it's like you could say, it's just the way it was, just more of a, of course, this is how things are going for us again. But luckily with the forwards, I thought they, for all the, for some of the chances they were giving up early on with the nervous energy, they stuck with it and low, and then they slowly turned the tide. And I think, you know, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but, you know, Greg McKeg, you know, he had, a, he had the legs going and, Yeah, that first goal is huge for them. So from there, they just took over, and I mean, they were. And I think watching them play with that much effort and just winning their battles and and just battling in period, engaging in battles, that was the closest this team has looked to the Gerard Gallant uh, Golden Knights team that went to the Cup final, which clearly didn't have the top end skill that this team has. But they literally played like this every game. They were just work, 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 cycle, 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 retrieve pucks, retrieve pucks, retrieve pucks. And they, the Rangers finally did it. And lo and behold, they, you know, I thought they looked, <laughs> clearly they were dominant in the first period. Um, obviously, I think they, their defensive structure still needs a little bit more work, but um, for as rough as Fox and Lindgren have been on, on getting flat caught flat-footed and just, I thought, like you had mentioned, Keandre, Had an excellent game. I thought Truba was pretty solid. And that's the thing. Some of those goals, like a Pavelski tip, which, you know, and I think it was mostly, I think Lindegren had it yet again, had a rough night, but, you know, him and Fox, I think are just after three years of being leaned on so heavily, I think it's, they're just a little, (laughs) they're a little tired here, but it's good. They went with the, you know, they went with the, the extra D and 11 forwards. And I think it actually helped out, you know? High cat of his moments here, but, uh, and an- another thing is I don't think we've talked about ever since coming back from, you know, just having COVID related, uh, you know, long COVID and, and brain fog and all that, and having a kid, I think Patrick Nemeth has been pretty darn good, you know, or at least serviceable. I can't really point to too much that he's done wrong. And he, obviously he has a huge goal last night and just takes it to the net and just, yeah, just through winning battles and making tough plays and going to the net, he, they score. So yeah, I mean, I went from obviously like you, I was, here we go. It's just not going to be their night again. And even though they're going to they're try to come out with jump, but it's just they're going to grip the sticks too hard. And then they just took care of business. And Panarin played like the Panarin we've seen uh, most of his tenure here until the last little bit where he's looked a little tired. And he was everywhere, and he was a menace, and he had a five-point night just because he was motivated. And that just shows you that he is legit one of the best players in the league in the entire planet. And yeah, so it was, like I said, it was nice to see them on a game where Igor was probably still is still fighting it. They were, they did what they had to do. They didn't panic when they were down. They put their heads down. They went to work and they won their battles and they won the game. And that's kind of the long and short of it. And you have to just hope that this is a, a light bulb going off in their head moments. Like, oh, we need to play some semblance like this all the time in order
1: to be successful so no i agree and andy i wasn't just ready to throw away the game i was i threw away the season like i was done (laughs) i I was like this is it this is the end of it we had a good run but the rangers can't figure out these good teams and you know if you play a desperate team like the dallas stars are if you look in the west i mean they're they're not uh i don't even know if they're in a play they're not in a playoff spot and, you know, they're fighting for points and every point, you know, they get is valuable. And, you know, the Rangers just, you know, they can't bring it when they, you know, when they get outmatched uh, in terms of work ethic. And, you know, it was just, a, it was another gear that I'm, that I, ha- I would say it's very rare to see that team go from zero to a hundred almost like instantly. Like it was like right after that second goal, the Rangers became a different team and, you know, they just played and you know what it is? They didn't play pretty. They actually mucked it up. You know, they won loose pucks around the boards. You know, they were cycling. They were just throwing anything on net that could, you know, stick. They were in good positions. You know, they knew where the rebounds were going to squirt out. Their deflections were going to squirt out. And they were able to get there first and, you know, throw another, you know, fire another puck on net. And, you know, just all night, you just felt like, well, especially the first period. I mean, they really, you know, at the end there were playing just unbelievable just pinning them just you know minutes at a time in the you know opponent's zone um you know and when you play like that good things happen you draw you know draw a penalty and you score a power play goal you just change the whole shift the whole form of uh you know momentum for that game and holy shit that was a a missile Mika's goal was an absolute missile that power play goal and you know again it just you know the big players or the, you know, the players step up big time, you know, the Zibanejads, Fox, Panarin, obviously a five point night. And then, you know, I'm glad you get the workhorses, you know, um, uh, you know, contributed to, you know, you, the kegs, you know, I know he doesn't accomplish much, but it's nice that he got a point, you know, Nemeth obviously has been a different player since he's got back, as you mentioned, and Dryden Hunt, you know, a three assist night. And, you know, I know his, I, uh, you know, I don't know how long he's going to last there on the second line, but, you know, it's, it's nice to get a, you know, a solid performance out of him where, you know, he, he can't do that much, but he knows he can control how hard he works and how intense he is along the boards. And if he just, you know, wins wins puck battles, he can squirt the puck into dead space. And, you know, knowing that Panarin is gifted enough to kind of read that and, and scoop that puck up. And, and it just like good things happen when you work hard and, especially when you have line mates like, you know, I'll even say Strome and Panarin too. You know, they they, they worked well last night and uh, they certainly needed it. And I'm glad, you know, the Rangers were able to end this road trip, even 500 and, you know, kind of return home here. I know they're on the road, but they don't, you know, travel anywhere crazy. Um, you know, they Detroit, New Jersey, even down to Florida, which actually would probably be a nice little road trip for the boys to get into some nicer weather because the weather here has been you talking about roller coaster, the weather in the Northeast has been absolutely, you know, the definition of a roller coaster. It's, it's a summer day, one day, and then all of a sudden it's a squalling wintery mix that, you know, comes out of the blue. So um, the last thing I have to say about the Dallas game, Andy, is how come Robertson's goal counted? I mean, it's a shot on goal and it almost looks like he punches the puck in. Like, am I crazy? I mean, when I saw it, at, I
0: thought at first. But it, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he kind of turns his body. But I think it's did someone just knock on the door. Nope. Never mind. Sorry, I'm going crazy. Um. Yeah, I, it, he turns his body, and I almost think because he's trying to box out the puck, or at least follow it up, if in case it you know falls to the, in, the crease, so he can try to bat it in. I. Again, I think it was one of those things that it was close, and I don't know, I don't think uh, it was it was too close to call i don't and I, honestly, I don't think it was Robertson's intention to try to you know bat, bat it in with his glove. I think he tried to to turn and either either kind of bunt it with the the shaft or at least get it down to the you know to the the crease, but it just happened to go off of his glove, but I didn't really you know he he had his hand on the glove the whole t- or excuse me, he had his his hand gripped on the stick the whole time. And you know, I don't know. It was, it was a tough one. I don't know if it was intention. I don't think it was. So I understand them not calling it, but or yeah, or them not cha- even challenging it or after they took a look at it. But uh yeah, it was just, obviously it was a tough break. And that was the, the kind of how the game went because, you know, Pavelski has a perfect tip, the perfect Weird, strange backhand. And I mean, but that's kind of Rangers luck, you know, kind of getting outplayed and then just scoring on getting lucky enough to, to stay in the game. And, you know, Igor went helping seal the deal. But it's nice when you work and you get some contributions throughout your lineup. And then when your power play goes to work, it helps put the game further out of reach instead of just all of your goals having to come on the power play and maybe scoring one off of a fluky Regu- you know, a tip and regulation or something. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, it's, a, you know, this team is up against some bad luck right now and some bad hockey juju. I don't know how else you want to say it, but they outworked their bad luck last night. And uh, I guess you can't really ask for, for more than that. I think that was the less, hopefully the lesson that gets instilled in them is that, yeah, good things will happen if they just stick to their process, but they have to, they've definitely gotten away from it a little bit on this road trip and just slipping over time. Cause I think you and I, uh, maybe what a month and a half, two months ago, we kind of spoke about how the Rangers clearly started their season a little down and then they kind of worked their way to playing some good hockey. And then they had, it and they felt good about themselves and their, their play slowly fell off again. And Igor, luckily Igor was bailing them out and bailing them out and bailing them out. But, um, yeah, then it got back to the, the point where they were at in this road trip where they just had been abandoning their structure. And I think they're still trying to figure out how it's like they've had some good defensive games this year, but when they do that, they fail to generate offense. And then they have had games where they've generated offense, but then it's kind of like they give up a lot of odd man rushes and they're trying to find that balance. I think they're realizing, or actually, you know, knock on wood I would hope that uh, their puck retrievals were very good and just having someone come back. So The hope is obviously eventually if if when, not if, Drury goes out and acquires some either rentals or long term players or whatever he's looking to bolster this roster, that it pushes the hunts and the McKegs who down the lineup. Because I think Dryden Hunt, once if he just does what he does now, but does that against fourth and third line competition, I think it will be he'll be a much more successful player. You know what I mean? Yes, he maybe won't have Panarin feeding him. But at the same time, it's like he's been playing against team second lines. He's been playing at times shotgun on the first line. So, you know, and I was shocked that they sat Ryan Reeves. But uh, lo and behold, our team looked a whole lot faster last night. So and I love Revo, what he brings to this team. But again, I think he's a guy you have to use sparingly. And we said it on our last podcast, but Gerard Gallant's biggest skill is knowing kind of having a good finger on the pulse of this team. And he did it again last night, making that decision to try to roll with the 11 forwards and get the D some some extra rest. And it worked. So kudos to him. Credit to him. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet one dollar on any NHL team and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Twenty-one or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: Yeah, no, it, it definitely worked, and you know he, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to outscore your opponent, and it's just one of those nights, and you know, Rangers certainly did that. Uh, I got one question for you, Andy, and. You know, I don't know I don't know if this is a league wide question, but you know, certainly a, a question that's relevant to the Rangers. Um, do you think that with the trade deadline looming, do you think that gets in the heads of some of these players and makes them, you know, grip their stick a little bit tighter and you know, obviously I'm not talking about, you know, Panarin and, and, and Fox and stuff like that. Obviously those players won't be traded, but you know, we kind of um you know, we have a bottom six where any of those guys, I feel like could be moved at any moment, you know, do you feel that, you know, maybe the last couple of weeks, you know, maybe the performance with that, that team in this past week, essentially um, with the two losses, big losses, um, you know, would you say that, you know, maybe that trade deadline is, you know, in the back of their mind? Um, As far as the Rangers go, I don't know,
0: maybe, maybe Philippe. <laughs> but other than that, I think every, like, I think drone always he's safe, and I think most likely, I think you have to figure it's not like teams are looking for the Rangers' fourth liners. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I, I mean, Lafreniere Sog clearly knows he's safe. So, really, He's the only one I would think might be feeling some sweating. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, so, so I'm not so I'm not too sure about that. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where. I I don't know if it's the reverse is true where they're like oh we got some reinforcements coming at some point so we we can just take some games off.
1: Well, yeah, that's my my next point too. It's like, you know, at the same time, you know, I know a lot of these players are safe and they have nothing to worry about, but there's also knowing that a big change is coming within your organization, and you know, either you know, they're probably a little bit more privy to maybe rumors than you know us, us fans are, but. You know, I just feel like at the same time, too, you have a group of guys that have played so well and so consistent throughout the whole season. If you look at the big picture that, you know, when you know things might get changed up and players might be officially not just playing like, you know, Julian Gauthier might not be, you know, he might not be traded, but he may never put on a Rangers uniform again, you know, just opposed to being just kind of shut out of the lineup just because we have that much depth and talent. And. You know, I just think like players like that and McKeg, maybe, you know, I know he w- worked hard and played well, but, you know, I just even, you know, the, you know, the better players too. I'm just thinking to myself right now, it's just like, that has got to be kind of uh weird knowing that you've accomplished so much, but big changes are still, you know, bound to happen. And, you know, not that, you know, this time of year comes around every single season and, you know, the New York Rangers are, you know, I haven't been in this position in a while where they might be buyers this time, you know, it's just a, you know, uh, just a different environment, especially for some of our younger players. Um, That's the only point I'm trying to make there, I guess.
0: No, yeah, it's a salient one. I mean, I think the funny thing too is the more we hear, it seems like players are just getting taken or taking off the market who were previously thought to be available. Apparently, you know, that they were mentioning last night, the stars are going to hold on to Klingberg. He, he requested, requested a trade, but they're in the mix to try to make the playoffs. So, They're going to keep him. Uh, It sounds like Tomasz been is not available at this time. It sounds like the Ducks are trying to re-sign Hampus Lindholm, and he's not available. So I feel like all the players who are potentially supposed to be available are are dropping like flies. Pavelski uh, Pavelski signs a one-year deal with Dallas, so... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's definitely a seller's market, so at Ch- well, Chikrin, who is supposed to be sold, just got hurt, and I don't know if they had a diagnosis on him so uh yeah, good job play who you know them playing him that might have been not been so smart. um I don't know if there's any updates on that, but yeah, it's just it just it's funny because it seems like there's a lot of teams that want to buy, but the like I said, the players are are being taken off the trade block we know obviously JT Miller is not available right now I, I do think the Canucks will still end up moving a Brock Besser and a, like a Connor Garland or something you know I'm sure Brent Ben Sherrod and a whole bunch of Canadians are still available but yeah it's just I don't think it's quite the there's not as much diversity out there as there was before so it'll be interesting to see if that handcuffs teams and if the, the players they end up built uh, bringing in end up being a little bit more uh, marginal to say the least
1: Well, um, I don't know if you're privy to this, but, you know, obviously, if you go to, you know, there is a, what is it, NHLTradeRumors.com. One of the biggest things for the New York Rangers that popped up recently is that they have acquired, inquired about Patrick Kane. And although they do think that Kane would be moved if if he's ever moved during an offseason, but it's just very interesting that the New York Rangers are very interested in Patrick Kane. And have, you know, called up Chicago and asked about him. So, you know, what are your thoughts on a uh, Patrick Kane? And uh, obviously, he's only got one year left, uh, 22, 23 season, uh, of making 10, million a cap hit. So, you know, after that, he's an unrestricted free agent. So it makes sense, you know, for Chicago, especially where they are, to probably get rid of him. Uh, he's not going to make the money. I don't think that he obviously made it, uh, when he was younger and making 10 and a half million, but you know, I would certainly take him on the Rangers if he's willing to take a, a friendly deal. Maybe, you know, he's what 34 now He'll be 34 in August. So, you know, I, you know, I would take him. I certainly would take him Andy, if he's going to sign a friendly contract here in New York.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, obviously the biggest factor of that is because, uh, Artemi Panarin is here and, I'm trying to think, uh, what, what year did they, the year that he, did Kane win the heart that year or did he win the Art Ross? I can't remember. Oh, was it what he's finished with? He finished with like 110 points. Was that 1819? Uh, was that with Panarin? I can't remember.
1: Uh, but, yes, because and then 1920, he was with Columbus, right? And we've had him ever since.
0: No, he's, he was in Columbus longer than that. I feel like I, my timeline is off. But, you know, Kane had a monster year with Panarin, as we all know. Um, so obviously the, the natural, you know, the natural chemistry is there. Uh, and Kane continues to be a productive player. He's got 68 points in 56 games right now. So he's not age. He's aging like a fine wine, as I say. I mean, obviously the stat nerd in me is a little wary of because obviously Kane in what he can do in terms of his micro stats and driving offense is amazing, but the guy doesn't really play much defense. So, and this is a team that needs more two way players. So uh, I still maintain that sometimes you might get more benefit, especially because their power play is already loaded. And listen, you can never have too many good offensive players on a team. I I definitely understand that. But at the same time, uh, you know, Panarin has not been his usual self where he's just been able to drive uh, play, I mean, and yes, he's still producing because Panarin has bad games. He still has three-point games when he stinks, but um, yeah, I just think this team definitely needs to continue finding and fostering a, a system where two-way play and effort is paramount. You know what I mean? Obviously, you have to be able to put the, the puck in the net, too, but yeah, and I don't know what the cost for a Patrick Kane would be, but I think it would be and especially right now he would be a rental. So for one year, so uh, yeah, like, like you'd said, I think Elliot, uh, had and Friedman had mentioned that that's yes, the Rangers did inquire. Yes. Colorado did inquire, but it's listen, it's most likely a summer move. And Kane is on record and saying he would like to retire as a Chicago Blackhawk. And I get it. You know, if he, maybe what, whether or not Chicago lets him do that, I'm not sure, but you know, I assume he's got a no trade of some sort, but, You know, I mean, they're probably going to say to them somewhere, look, look, guys, it's it's over. We're rebuilding. (laughs) You know, you had a you maybe started out at a nice little run early in the season. We got Seth Jones. It's just clearly not clearly not working. You know, Um, there's a new regime there. So they're going to fill Taze and Kane in and it'll be interesting to see what they want to do. But um, yeah,
1: it could work if those two guys recognize. You know exactly. You know what they've done for that organization, and said, you know, listen, if we want to continue playing here, we'll sign. We'll each sign. You know, a six or seven million dollar deal, short term. I mean, maybe that will do it. Knowing that, you know, if we sign a three year deal, you can still bring in some major assets. Knowing that another six and a half million, or actually at that point, it would be, you know, if they sign seven million, that's another seven million on their, you know, on their on their cap that they save. But, you know. I don't know. I just feel like a part of me is that Kane is saying those things because that's exactly what a Patrick Kane needs to say. Uh, If he says anything different, like, yeah, I'd like to see what it's like playing in another city and maybe go for a cup. I just feel like that's not the attitude you want out of a leader of your organization. And he's been around the block long enough to know that this is something that he needs to say. But I'm sure his agent and him and the organization has said, Listen, even if you wanted to come back to Chicago in a couple of years and you want to test out the the market, go right ahead, you know, and and see where you are at the age of thirty seven and want to come back and play one more year if we're, you know, even relevant in the league at that point, you know, you never know with you know some of these organizations. So, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, if you're a New York Rangers team and he's willing to sign a two year deal that's Extremely fair. You might as well put him on on the wing with Artemi Panarin, and and who knows, you know, maybe you'll you will get a magical season. And you know, Kane, I also think played a similar style, um, you know, to Panarin where they don't take a lot of beating, and he's very crafty, and 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 he might not have that initial burst that he used to have when he come off the boards and kind of spin out of himself and spin out of harm's way. But you know, I still think he's lethal on the power play. He's one of the more gifted, you know, passers. And, you know, you saw he had chemistry with Panarin. And, you know, Patrick Kane is available at the right price. And, you know, I I think it'd be worth bringing him in. But again, you have to see what the price is going to cost you. You know, is it going to cost you, you know, too many draft picks? Or is it going to cost you too many, you know, assets where you can use those assets and bring in two guys worth Patrick Kane's, you know, worth? So, um, but I do think it's definitely something that the Rangers should consider if the price is right.
0: No, yeah, you're right. I mean, as I look at it, Kane and Panarin are tied in points right now. They both have 68, <laughs> although in fair, Panarin has three less games played. But, you know, just again, we know their chemistry is legendary from the very short time they played together. So it's definitely, listen, it would definitely put asses in seats at the guard and not that the Rangers usually need much help, but You know, it'd definitely be cool to see, but at the same time, I think, um, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where I think Drury's maybe, and this is baseless speculation on my part, but I think his overall vision for this team is uh, more gritty intangibles, you know? So I I think we'll see an Andrew Kopp or an Art Terry Lekkonen before we see Patrick Kane. But hey, man, he, uh, he definitely, he clearly checked in on him, so... But we've heard that Drury's checked in on almost every player in the league because that's what good GMs do. They just, they check to see, hey, what's the deal with this guy? What's he, you know, are you trading him? How much is it going to cost? Whatever. So, uh, you know, and I think it's also good because if other teams know you have interest in other players, hopefully it means they know you're not just gunning for their guy, you know, that you have options. So, you
1: know, so something to think about, but um. So yeah. are there, what are the rumors right now, Andy? Is there anything new? Like, r- not really. It's really quiet. It's a lot of speculation,
0: I think. Like I said, you have so many teams in the West still think they're in it. So they're holding on to their their uh, players for the time being. Um, I haven't really heard any, and I, not me personally, but you know, you, you Friedman reports things and Drager, it's. Um, we know Alexander Georgiev traded, uh, traded, he changed agents he's got a new agent apparently. So I wonder that's a kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as, I think it's been quiet considering how close we are to the trade deadline. It sounds to me or seems to me that GMs are just kind of, they're waiting for the first move, the other one to make the first move. But you know, it's hard, it's just hard to say. Like I said, I don't think, I think it's a, it's a seller's market. But the prices were established high, and everyone, all other GMs, kind of balked. But the closer they get, you know, then the sellers are going to just wait to see who starts sweating first, and like the pressure to make a move comes, especially if you have some teams that are the closer you get to the trade deadline, and the closer, you know, maybe not so much teams like the the Rangers, but some of the other teams in the league that are fighting it out in the West, you know, or even a team trying to make the thinking they might have a shot at the last wild card spot in the East. Yeah, there's there's pressure there, so. And then you just have some GMs that are stupid like uh you know, uh Philly where they're going <laughs> to they they're going to re-sign versus first line and trade uh like a Travis Anheim, but um yeah, I don't know. So not yeah, like I said, not much. I mean, obviously there's so many so much speculation from people like Brooks and Arthur Staple about oh, the Rangers might be interested in Max Domi and, you know, the Rangers should go Look, are looking into Sherratt and uh, Arturi Luckin, and you know, all this, but nothing really new from what we've since we've last spoken. Nothing, nothing really juicy that might pique our interest. Like I said, just hearing that it seems like players that the like Tomas Hurdle might not be available now and Hampus Lindholm, who knows about Ricard Raquel, but um, yeah, it's just uh, unfortunately not much.
1: Well, the last thing I have for you, Andy, is Mark Stahl playing a thousand games. Uh, obviously, longtime New York Ranger, now in the Detroit Red Wings. A uh, thousand r- uh, regular season games. This doesn't include playoffs because uh, me and my buddies were doing the math last night, and it just was like, well, why did it take so so long to play a thousand games? But now it makes sense because they don't count the playoffs, which is a little odd when it comes to games played. Because I feel like, you know, what you play an NHL game, like, the playoffs is still an NHL game. Uh, Just a very weird thing. Maybe they try to keep, you know, the shitty organizations relevant in terms of accomplishments and stats like that. So, um, yeah, I just want to, you know, Mark Stoll is one of those guys where I felt like after he got hurt, he kind of didn't didn't have it after that. And, you know, he he played, you know, a very salt of the earth type of style, Um, you know, did the little things, was was a guy who, you know, shut down Ovechkin for all those years. And, you know, it was just uh, a very weird career with the New York Rangers. It felt like, he, again, he got shafted with an injury and, you know, what could have been with Mark Stahl. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that the Rangers would have had anything special in him, but, you know, a, a player that certainly was, um, you know, a victim of injury. And, and you know, I, I think the last couple of years were tough for Rangers fans and and, and Mark. In general, just uh, to see how he we went out was, uh, you know, kind of sad. But you know, overall, very long career, a legendary family of the NHL, and here he is, uh, the third brother to all play a thousand games. It's pretty, pretty amazing for all three of them to do that.
0: No, absolutely. I was surprised that Jordan had reached it before Me Mark, considering Mark is too. older. But remember, you know, Mark had missed time with the when he got hit in the, the eye with the puck. He had concussion issues and was in and out of the lineup a couple seasons, you know. But yeah, listen, I mean, as much uh, hair has fallen out of my head because of players like Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl, as time moves on here, you just kind of grow more fond of their tenure because you kind of re- tend to forget about the, the recent history and remember the, the good times, you know, when they this team was a contender. And like you said, Mark had a always had a really great poke check and he was responsible for shutting down uh, some key players in the Metro for all the Rangers runs in the, you know, in the, the early aughts. And um, it was just, yeah, it was uh, he was a, obviously a good leader on this team and he was part of that that previous core uh, that went pretty far, but just couldn't get the job done. And, you know, it's nice that he gets to then there's Steve Eiserman wanted him for a reason. And I don't think it's so much as on ice play, but he has a pedigree and he goes to a young Detroit team and he's a leader there. And it kind of helps him get away from the fact that you feel like you were close with one organization and then it was kind of the goal was slipping away from you. And even though it's not necessarily any closer in detroit if anything it's like kind of like jumping back a few steps but at the same time they've been in the mix this year and he's been a good he's actually not been pretty serviceable for them and you know just kind of helps you shed some of the expectations that he's
1: played played well enough to there. you know talks of him you know being maybe a, a depth defenseman on some of these teams you know yeah i could see
0: a team adding him as insurance you know what i mean um so yeah if it was the rangers i would i would cackle laughing but also be like kind of upset but yeah i mean just listen that's a a, that's when you most uh people around hockey say that a thousand games played is a big deal because obviously we make a lot fans make a lot of points and goals and all this stuff but just playing in the NHL is an accomplishment unto itself. So to play stick around long enough to play a thousand games is quite a feat because as you know, the shelf life of a hockey player is uh yeah, it's hard. It's a hard thing to to do. So it's good on him for having that longevity. And, you know, uh, it's just nice to say, you know, for him just to be able to say, you know, even though he wasn't a guy who ever won the Norris or this or that, he can say, you know, uh, I was an NHL all-star. I played a thousand games in the show, and that's quite an accomplishment. You can't take that away from him. So, yeah, I'm um, congr- kudos to Mark uh, Robo Stahl. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah, just good, just good for him. So, um, yeah, uh, Rangers get to go home and kind of get some rest. They get two days off here and then back at home versus the Ducks. Uh, I'm interested to see how Trevor Zegers reacts to Madison Square Garden. It's a pretty important building and I you know I I know he'll be amped so but yeah I think the Rangers should be able to handle this Ducks team but you just obviously that they have to continue they basically have to play the same way they played uh, against Dallas because there has to be a lesson here because if you just slip back into old habits then what was it all for right so here's hoping they don't embarrass themselves they pick up right where they left off and yeah they need to give Igor some (laughs) some rest here so uh, again let's just keep hustling keep grinding and uh, yeah save us greg mckek save us thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast
1: you're listening to the
0: hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey podnet New episodes every Monday and Thursday download at the com or wherever you get your podcasts from.